Welcome to the Sexy Freedom Media Podcast. A place to discuss pain, passion, and pursuits. I want to feel alive. Breathe. Make some moves. Protect the throne. This is Sexy Freedom Media Podcast. Perfect, perfect. All right, everybody. Welcome, welcome to the Sexy Freedom Media Podcast. It's your host, Helen Edwards and January Liddell. Aloha. Welcome to today's episode. We are talking about our top 10 sexy things that we think is about money. Top 10 sexy things about money. (laughs) I'm excited. And then we're also going to do our shout outs. So this is something that Helen and I are going to continue doing because I love it. I love having our listeners involved. Um, So please, uh, if you do have shout outs or things that you want to say, heck, we're even thinking about doing like advertising. We've talked about that, Helen. So, um, but shout outs for sure. Please share that on our pages and we will share it on our podcast. All right. Yes. Yes. So real quick, before you get started, please uh, give us a like, a love and share this with your friends. Uh, we're doing this live, but it will be recorded and put on our, all of our platforms. Uh, also, uh, if you're watching this as a replay, hashtag replay. So thank you everybody for tuning in. Here we go. Let's get started. So January, what are our top 10? All right. So please have your pen and your paper or your handy dandy note app ready. Here are your top 10 sexy things about money. Number one, budgeting. Number two, investing. Number three, compound interest. It just rolls off my tongue. Number four, protecting your legacy. Number five, retirement planning. Number six, freedom. Number seven, power. Number eight, energy. Number nine, security. Number 10, personal worth. I love our top 10, Helen. Let's talk fire, about it. Fire, 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 fire. I, I can feel it. All right. Number yes. one. <laughs> budgeting. Why is budget? Why do you think January budgeting is so sexy? Oh man. Okay. So I think budgeting is sexy because guess what? There's all these amazing things that I want to do. However, we're adults. Okay. So as adults, we have things to pay for. We have bills, we have, you know, our mortgage, our rents, we have all these things. And also we have to pay our future self. So is that in our budgeting? So that's why budgeting is sexy to me um, because it keeps me in line and in track of where my money is flowing. So that's why budgeting is sexy. Why is budgeting sexy to you, Helen? When I first started budgeting, it was really hard and difficult because I didn't have a good relationship with money. I was also coming from a a scarcity mindset and I couldn't stay within budgeting. I was very non-disciplined. I was like, who cares? Whatever. I might die tomorrow. I'm going to spend freely. However, that put me in a lot more debt and, you know, it wasn't attracting wealth in my life. So budgeting helped me gain a lot of discipline, helped me control my money instead of my money controlling me and also set me on the path towards financial freedom. So heck yeah, budgeting is sexy as hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, if you're not budgeting right now, highly suggest you look at it. It's honestly, 
<clears throat> the way I look at budgeting, it's kind of like, what are we feeding our bodies? So, you know, for me, finance and money is about health and wellness. Um, and when, when I'm budgeting, I'm making sure just like when I'm eating, I'm making sure I'm putting like the right clean products in my system. Um, right. Um, so of course there's those fun moments. That's okay to have. Okay. That's part of the budgeting. You, you put this, that, that money, you know, that, fun money in there. Um, but please, if you're not doing that at this moment and you're not um, looking at what's coming in, what's going out, highly suggest you take a look um, because eventually you're going to retire. And eventually um, you're going to ask yourself, well, you're going to ask your future self, or when you're in your future self, you're going to ask yourself, why didn't I budget? Why didn't I put that money away? So now is the time. When was the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. When's the second best time? Now. So right now. So budgeting is super sexy to me. All right, let's go to number two. Investing. All right, I'll start first. Why I think investing is super sexy. Because investing in yourself is the best way to invest. Uh, when you invest in your certifications, your courses, or higher education, it's something that's going to attract more wealth in your life. It's super sexy. So sexy's or uh, investing's sexy in a number of different ways, but investing yourself for me is one of the most sexiest things about uh, money. I like I like investing. Investing is uh, um, here's what we learned. Okay, well here's what my children learned when we did lemonade lemonade luau in Texas. Lemonade Luau, they taught my children to uh, save, share, and what was the other one? Save, share, and invest. Save, share, and invest. So save some money, share some money, and invest some money. So investing, what investing does and why it's so sexy is that it grows more money. Well. So that is the that is the beauty of investing. That is the sexiness of investing. Um, and you want to put your money in different baskets. I'm sure you have all heard diversification. Um, I highly agree with diversification, putting your money in separate baskets, separate bins, you know, to watch that grow. Um, so investing is definitely sexy and I highly suggest it. I'm teaching my son actually at this very moment to invest. There's an app called Bloom. So if you haven't checked it out, um, it's great for teens. Uh, it's called Bloom. And they teach, they're teaching, or that app is teaching my son how to um, invest his money and play with socks. Um, and play with socks in a safe way. Obviously, it's contained in this app. However, I did give him some money in there to invest in real socks. So he will be investing as well. So yes, investing is super sexy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For, uh, when I first heard about the terminology of investing, I was really young. I didn't understand it, but like you, I taught my son how to do it. Even though I quite didn't understand it, I still was really anxious for him to learn because I wanted him to learn what I really didn't understand at a young age. I was like, you have to, you have to shine in this area because your mom isn't shining at, at that moment. I wasn't now I am. But one of the books that was a game changer for me was rich dad, poor dad by Robert Kiyosaki amazing book. If you haven't read it, it is, it's, it's just fabulous. And it really talks about the four quadrants of a mindset, you know, 
And he talks about his rich dad and his poor dad and how one, you know, was working hard for money and the other one was making money work hard for him, which is investing. Wonderful book. Go out and get it. You're going to learn a ton about investing and in the simplest forms. Yes. Girl, I want you to talk about your gumball machine. Well, not yours, but your son's gumball machine, because that was genius. So please share about that gumball machine. Okay. So what I did for my son to kind of show him the way investing works is we went to the swap meet and we bought a gumball machine a little, it was like literally like a dollar, right? We filled it up with gumballs. And I said, how about you place this at my friend's house? So he put it at my friend's house. Cause we had a lot of friends coming through the house all the time and people were just buying gum quarter, quarter, quarter. He ends up making money. I think he made like $3. And what I said is, this is how investing works in the most simplest form. You take those $3, we go back to the swap meet, you buy another gumball machine for another dollar. And then you take that one, you buy, you put those $3, fill it back up with gumballs. You take that second one and you place it somewhere else. So you placed it at his dad's house. Now you've got two investments growing your money. And whichever, whatever you get out of those gumball machines, you take that money, you go back to swap meet, you buy a third gumball machine. And next thing you know, my son, I think he had like up to five at different people of our friends' houses. And that was the first time he, it like clicked for him. Like, whoa, my money is making me money. My investments are making me money. So if you got children, it's a really great way. You could start with those little candy machines. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. See, that's super sexy. I love that you taught your son that uh, because now he's an adult. So he's probably like, well, if this can work for investments or for gumballs, this can work for other places where he can invest his money. All right. So let's move on. So number three, compound interest. Uh, in other words, the rule of 72. All right. So um, I'm going to share about the rule of 72. When I first heard of the rule of 72, I'm like, my gosh, that is super sexy. I'm, I'm going to pull up um, the definition of the rule of 72, but basically um, this was created by Einstein. Okay, so here we go. Um, the rule of 72 is uh, the amount of money that will take to double given a fixed annual rate of interest. So if you divide that number by 72, and whatever the interest is, that is the rate of when it will double. So if the market was doing, let's just say uh, 10%, okay? So 72 divided by 10, that's 7.2 years. So in 7.2 years, your money will double. So that's the beauty of compound interest. Um, I was gonna quote Einstein too. <laughs> I, love, I love his quote. He says, uh, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it earns it. Who he who doesn't pays it. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Y'all better start understanding compound interest because it really is sexy. So I asked my son, we were at lunch one day, and he and I like to just ask questions of each other. And one of the questions I asked him was, um, which would you rather have? A lump sum of a million dollars or mm -hmm. a penny compounded or growing every day for 30 days? And it, it's like a penny, like how, how that doesn't make sense. It's just 30 days. How can that grow? Right. Um, but really the answer is the penny and the penny will actually yield like 5,367,000 and some odd change, um, which is insane. So compound interest is sexy. And let me tell you, I'm speaking to 
those who are in their 30, 20s, 30s, 40s, if you're in that age bracket, I mean, even 50s, okay? So 20, 30, 40, 50, if you are in this age bracket, now is the time to start growing your money with uninterrupted compound interest. Helen and I can show you how to do that. Um, and we, we would love to show you because that is super sexy. And because we do want you to be successful. We found success in it. And we just want to share that with you. So compound interest, learn about the rule of 72. Yes. So the next one is protecting your legacy. All right. So protecting your legacy. Um, what that means to me is I have money, right? I have money and I want to grow my money. I'm not motivated. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not motivated by money, but I'm motivated by what money can do. And so the money that the protecting my legacy means I'm allowing my children to have money flowing into their space um, even now, right? So we, and I'm, I'm so thankful um, that there are strategies out there that can do that for us. So if you're not doing that as of right now for your children, highly suggest that you um, look into strategies to allow them to have a nest egg for themselves, start their nest egg for themselves. Um, because this was, I wasn't taught this. Okay. So when I was younger, this wasn't something that was like instilled upon me. Um, but because it wasn't instilled upon me, I have more of a drive to protect my legacy. I have more of a drive to, Hey, I want my children to do something that they love doing. I don't want them to be forced to quote unquote work, but do something that they love doing that they'll, you know, they'll either contribute to community or create something of themselves, right? But in order for them to get to that spot, I do want to create a nest egg for them so that they already have resources. I'm basically giving them a head start. So that's what protecting your legacy means for me. Um, and it's sexy for me because guess what? I want to push my children. I want to encourage my children to be the best that they can be and to allow them to flourish without the worry of where is my next paycheck coming from. That's why it's important to me. Definitely. Uh, protecting your legacies, very much the same. It means a lot to me as well. Uh, I come from the mindset of if somebody passes, you hold car washes for them and you ask people for money. And to me, that's family coming together. That's great. But, you know, when my father passed, how did he protect his legacy? He didn't. There was no life insurance. There was no financial help for his, you know, handling his funerals. There was, in fact, because there was no protection of the legacy, there was a lot of war, a lot of chaos, a lot of arguing. In fact, it divided our family because there was no protection on the legacy. And that means assets, your home, your, your, your business, you know, you, you strive and you work so hard to create all this financial freedom, this wealth, but what is protecting all of that? And that's why I love what me and January do is we help set up retirement plans. We help protect you while you're living. And also if something happens, if you pass, so there's protection on both parts of that. And, you know, 
if you are interested in learning more about that, definitely contact us. But that's something we are both very passionate about. And to me, that is that is really sexy when you have a good head on your shoulders to think more clearly and expansive in that way. Yeah. You know, I was going to share a story. So I have a friend. I hope she, I'm not going to say her name. She's on my Facebook. So I have a friend and her mom had passed away probably like five years ago, but she told me, right. She told me that because her mom did not protect her legacy, because her mom did not um, create, you know, uh, insurance or any like nest egg for her. When her mom passed away, my friend was responsible for not only her funeral, but all of her debts um, and mortgage and things like that. So she had to come out of pocket and I mean, she struggled. Now, fast forward, um, just two years ago, I believe her father-in-law passed away and it was the same thing, the same thing. Her father-in-law did not set them up for success. Um, so now not only did she, is she still paying for her mother's debt, now she has to pay for her father-in-law's debt and the um, repairs of the house um, because I believe there was like a water flood in their house. So she had to pay for that. So she is just in pain. Okay. This is the, when we talk about pain points, this is a pain point. Okay. So all you parents out there, you know, please consider getting life insurance. This is vital. Okay. This is vital, not for you, but for your children, because at the end of the day, if you have debt, if you have a mortgage, um, and you leave your children with nothing, your children will suffer. I, I mean, I hate to be blunt about it, but they will. So please go find yourself somebody like Helen and I to help you um, protect your legacy. Yeah. And if you're watching this, comment below. If you want us to reach out to you, just say DM me or help me or yes, I'm interested, you know, or just put a hand emoji and we will contact you. Uh, so let's go to the uh, fifth one, which kind of rolls into what we were just talking about, retirement planning. Okay, so retirement planning. I'm going to tell you, Helen, I didn't think about retirement planning um, before I got into the industry. Um, before, I was a stay-at-home mom. You know, I was in the health and wellness field, and I was focused on my clients. And I wasn't thinking about retirement. I was thinking about my day-to-day thing, you know, everyday life just took me away. And you know, this year has gone by so crazy fast. Life just goes like this. So of course, retirement was not in the forefront of my mind. Now, you know, we're specialists, retirement specialists, and I love that we're constantly thinking about retirement, which, you know, puts our future selves in the forefront of our minds. And I really want to pose this question to you all. What would your future self tell you? If you can look forward, right? If you can look forward, what would you like your future self to tell you? Uh, So that's where I, you know, the whole magic wand. If I had a magic wand, how would my retirement look like? And for me, my retirement would look like freedom freedom to travel, freedom to sit and watch Netflix if I wanted to watch Netflix, freedom to um, eat 
all the organic food and healthy food and fine dining and McDonald's if I wanted McDonald's, although I really don't crave for McDonald's, <laughs> but whatever, it's a freedom to do that. Okay. So that's what retirement planning means to me. I'm painting the picture of how I want my retirement to look. And I think a lot of us in our 40s, 30s, we're not thinking about that at this moment. So yeah. now is the prime time to think about that. You're right. I never used to think about retirement before either because I will. I did, but I thought of it about it in a very average way that most of us do think about it. Like, okay, 65, I'll retire at 65. But we don't think of the long-term effects of, you know, something happening with our body, chronic illness, uh, you know, something happening, cancer, um, the uh, disability, something that can happen to us that can actually hinder our ability to work up until the age of 65. And then I started thinking, why do all of us think 65 is the age we should, we should retire? You know, my sister and her husband, they retired in their thirties, but because they're so young, they called it retirement jobs. So now they have retirement jobs that they do because they absolutely love doing it and they can just go for it, go for it without any fear because they're already retired. And I thought, wow, okay, there's a couple different ways and, and, ideas that we can think about retirement. And I think we need to start instilling that in people like think out of the box about retirement and think how you want to retire. And talking about retirement planning is so big because we are all going to be at an age someday where we're going to almost be forced into retirement. Not all of us, but many of us. And it's very, very important that you do start planning for your retirement as soon as possible, really. I, I'm kind of obsessed with reading and researching what the rich do. You know, what do the rich do? How do the rich think? And they think outside the box. They plan for retirement. They diversify their portfolios. They do what the average don't do. And it's so powerful because we all want all of this abundance, yet we're not doing or thinking like an abundance thinker does. So now I'm like, Retirement planning. Yes, let's do this. It's sexy. Let's go. That's how I feel empowered. I hope that you get something from this. And I hope that we've instilled the seed of retirement planning in your mind. Woo! I hope so too. Okay. Number one, freedom. <laughs> Money is freedom. Oh, it's number six. Six. Oh, freedom. <laughs> I say number two. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, freedom. Okay. I love, I love what money can do and it does give you freedom, um, freedom to, I think I mentioned this before. It's the freedom to do whatever you want to do. Um, it's the freedom to like feel there's this feeling when money is just flowing and you know, when, you know, when you're budgeting, okay. When you budget your money, you know, like, okay, I'm good you know, I'm good. And I have fun money. I have money for bills. I have money. And you just, it's, it's a freeing, it's a very liberating kind of thing when money is flowing your way in a positive way. Okay. Um, and I, I think that's the, the one thing that I do want to impart is the money mindset. Um, and we talked about like having a poor mindset versus abundance mindset. And Dr. Brad Klontz talks a lot about this, but he's actually a money psychologist. And the, the way that you think of money will dictate to you 
if you feel that freedom is sexy to you. If you feel that money is scarce and money is your lacking of money, um, then you're not going to feel that freedom. So you have to change that mindset of yours and think money is there. Money is abundant because it is. Money is abundant. And when you look at that view, when you change your story and you change your perspective and see that money can give you freedom, then you're going to focus all of your energy towards that. And the freedom that money gives, let me tell you, we can go to concerts, you can go to on trips, you can go wherever the hell you want. You can go on cruises, you can go, you can buy artwork, you can buy the whatever thing that you want, whatever, whatever you want or not want. It's the freedom to do whatever you please. And that to me is sexy. Oh yeah. Financial freedom is so huge. I remember when I used to live paycheck to paycheck and it sucked. I was always worried, always wondering if I was going to have enough to cover my bills and it hurt it. It like you were talking about the pain point. It just, uh, it didn't feel good in my life. Um, again, I didn't have a good relationship with money. And when I started switching and changing my money mindset, changing how I was budgeting, changing my, getting more disciplined with money, having a better relationship with money. I realized there is so much freedom, uh, with money. If I can be more strategic with it and make it grow, make it work for me. So you're right. I mean, I traveled all over the world because of financial freedom. I've become debt-free because of financial freedom. And there it's so freeing because when you have that freedom, you can turn around and help other people. You can be a leader in your industry. You can do what you want to do. Like, like I said, my sister who her retirement uh, job, she's a pilot. She owned two planes. I'm like, I'm over here trying to buy a car. You're over here. Like I'll buy a plane. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's different levels to it, but the freedom is so fun. It's fun. You can actually have a lot more fun and it's a different type of fun. Like you could be having fun in your life, living paycheck to paycheck. Cause I've, I've done it. It was amazing, but there is a whole different level. My friend, when you're living in a financial freedom state of mind. Oh my gosh. We didn't add that on um, the word fun, that money is fun and it's sex and sexy uh, because it is fun. Um, when you have that money flowing, free flowing, it just, Ooh, it changes everything. So number two, or sorry, number seven, number seven, power, power and money. There is power in money and it's sexy. Um, I'm going to tell you when you're, when I was younger, when I was younger, and I think I've shared this story before, when I moved to Hawaii, I had $200 in my bank account, $200. Okay. (laughs) But I made it work. I made it work. I ate a lot of ramen. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But once I started earning money, it did give me power. When Sam and I were dating, I actually funded majority, if not all of our dates. And that was amazing to me. That felt good to me because um, it made me feel like I can, I can handle this, you know? Um, And I know some people are like, oh, we thought you got married because he's in the military and he has money. And I'm like, "Uh." (laughs) I was actually the one funding the dates and I was the one paying for our trips, 
you know, to California, to Vegas, like we, I, I pay for that. And that felt empowering. Okay. Um, and so as I get older, um, I can see that money does have power. Um, it has the power to heal the world. It really does. Um, we can use that money. So the more money I make, the more I want to impact our world. So that is the reason why I'm constantly, and I don't want to say chasing, um, but I'm building, I'm building um, this business for myself and my family um, and for my team, because we want to change the world um, and money can do that. Um, I heard Elon Musk wanted to, wanted to feed the homeless. He was about to give $300 million, you know, to help fund, you know, homeless, um, the homeless situation. Um, that's power. And I, that's what I want. That is sexy to me. So yes, the more money you have, the more power you will have. I think Mother Teresa said a quote similar to uh, something along the lines of, a, if you want to change the world, write a check. And many of our philanthropists out there, they're powerful people. And a lot of people have the mindset of, oh, the rich think they're better than us, you know, but they're changing the world with a checkbook. They're, if you're making millions, you're giving millions. Maybe not everybody, but look at the glass half full, right? Most of the philanthropists out there are people who will make a lot, a lot of money. They're the ones writing those big checks, going to those big fundraisers. And it is very powerful to help others. Even when you, you don't, maybe let's say you're not a millionaire. Let's just say you're a hundredaire or a thousandaire and you're able to give to your friend if they're in need. And you, so one of my rules is if somebody asks me for money, I always I always look at the situation and I'm kind of like a one time I'll help you kind of person because I, I give so that way they know they can give, they can help themselves. Um, but when I do give, I don't let people borrow. It's just, it, you know, like Dave Ramsey says, if you, if you uh, let somebody borrow money, you're changing the dynamic of the relationship, you know? So I, I give and I give because I'm able to give when I am. And it's very powerful to feel like that. But you also want to empower that person, right? So power, there's a lot of power with that. And I'm going to just throw this out there too. When you have a lot of money, when you're making your money grow, everything changes with your clothing too. You see people that are wearing more powerful suits. They're dressing better. I mean, I remember when I bought my BCBG heels for the first time, they were like almost $100. And I thought, I've always wanted these heels. I put them on and I felt like I put on glass slippers. I'm not even lying. I felt so sexy and so powerful, but I knew I had come to a new level in my life. So there is some power behind that. And I love that, that you mentioned that. Yeah. Number seven. And I love the number seven too, but yeah, number seven, I feel like the, the money, uh, money can create so many beautiful things. You know, I know like there's that saying money is the root of all evil, but it doesn't have to be. Money can actually, and I mentioned like earlier, money can change the world. It really can. And it's really like for Helen and I, Helen and I have a very like giving heart, you know, and the more money we make, the more money we want to give away. And that, that is really my goal. My goal is not for um, materialistic things and there's nothing wrong with materialistic things, but my goal really is to help 
more people. My idol is, I don't know if I ever told you, Helen, but my idol is uh, Mother Teresa. And I love Mother Teresa because um, I saw her helping. She was poor and yet she gave so much of herself. So ever since I was young, I always thought of her as my idol. Um, so I love Mother Teresa. And I love that what she said that, you know, you can change the world by just writing a check. And I, I'm finding that the more money I make, the more money I do want to give away. Um, because I, there are programs out there that are in desperate need of finances, you know, a desperate need of resources. And if I have the money, I want to give it, you know? Um, so yeah, power. All right. Number eight. Is that number eight? Yes. Number eight, energy. So money equals energy. Um, the, okay. Let me ask you, Helen, why do you think that's sexy? Why is energy as uh, many as energy is sexy? This, this, uh, topic of energy can go so many different ways. But for me personally, I have a lot of energy when I'm excited to spend something. <laughs> when I've got just like fun money hanging around and I'm like, ooh, what am I going to buy for myself? What am I going to give to myself? And in the past, giving to myself and buying things for myself was really hard to do. Uh, you know, I kind of was raised with the mindset, again, a scarcity mindset. I felt guilty for buying myself nice things. So energy to kind of back me up in, in spending or investing in something that I really, really want felt really good. Uh, and money is energy also in the fact that, um, people look at money, like, you know, a tangible thing in your hand, but there's energy behind the money. And it usually starts with the person behind the money. So like they say, if the person's an asshole and they have money when they're broke and then they have money when they're rich, they're still an asshole, right? So, <laughs> so I kind of always look at myself like, who am I and what's the energy I'm putting behind this, this money, this investment? So it's like, it's a two, it's a two answer for me. It's the fun money playing around. It gives me energy. And then it's the also, who am I as a person who, as the energy source uh, pushing that vehicle forward to make me more money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And when you, when you say the energy, you're, you're talking about the asshole. Um, I just did the anti-money laundering class again, because I have to do it every two years. And that class, <clears throat> what that taught me was um, about dirty money. Okay. So dirty money, because there is such a thing when we mean dirty money, it's drug uh, money that was uh, used for human tra trafficking, drug you know, trafficking, gambling, you know, all of, all of that, like quote unquote, dirty money. So when I talk about energy, um, being sexy, it, it can be okay. But it, can, um, this side is like, obviously it's not sexy. The dirty money part is not sexy, but for me, when I think of, um, money being an energy, there's this flow, there's this flow of give and take, um, when money comes in. And it, you know, again, it goes back to that mindset. So if you change the story in your mind and you say money is flowing, I am a money magnet, and you say all these positive affirmations to yourself, it is amazing what that can do. That is complete, like, because it's an energy. You're, you're, it's kind of like love, right? When you love, and I'm not saying to love, you know, love, um, money and just love. Anyway, 
love, right? So the love that you give to your um, significant other, there's this energy that's exchanged between the two, right? And it just goes back and forth. And so much like money, money is the same way. Money has no emotion, okay? Money has no emotion. However, it will gravitate towards what you think it would be. I know that sounds so weird, but it's true. If you think you have a scarcity or a lack in money, and this is all that you are thinking of, because as you know, thoughts become things, then change that story. What do you want money to look like to you? How do you want money to feel like to you? Because when I think of love, I think of, it's an energy because you can't see love, right? So it's this glow, it's this shiny light, this sunshine, this, you know, this amazing rush of positive feelings. And that's what love is. So when I think of money, that it's an energy. So I think of it as like, I thank you. I thank you, money. Thank you, money, for giving me my house. Thank you, money, for giving me my food, my clothes, everything, all my experiences. Thank you, money. And I just, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I have money. And when you, when you pour out this energy, this positive energy towards money, well, the money is going to talk back to you. I'm telling you, this is true. It talks back to you. That's a great description of it. Great description of it, January. In fact, when you were talking about the whole anti-money laundering, you know, when I did that too, uh, I immediately started thinking about all the movies I watch with true crime. And I was like, there needs to be more, more light workers out there making money that are in the industry. If you are a really good person and you are a trustful and loyal person out there with good integrity and you're not wealthy, we need you in this industry. We need you, if not in this industry, we need you to be out there making your money work for you. We, we need more good people, good and honest people who are building their wealth because you're right. There's a lot of people out there with bad intentions, creditors, you know, drug money. It, it's disgusting. And if there are more good people outshining that, you, you know, we're, we will change the world together. So I love that you mentioned that. Yes. All right. Let's see. What's our next one. So number nine security. Okay. So obviously when I had $200 in my bank account, I did not feel secure. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, so let me tell you the reason I came here with $200 in my bank account was because I trusted God. I trusted that God would make a way for me. And I had faith in that. So there's beauty in, um, in having faith, but faith without works is nothing. Right. So, um, I worked for it. So now fast forward, I have more than $200 in my account. Yay. (laughs) And I do feel secure and I feel secure because I know, I know that I have money that's that can pay for my lifestyle. So I feel secure. And that is sexy to me because I'm not thinking like, oh my gosh, where, you know, where's my next thing gonna come? You know, where is, you know, I'm not thinking of that. And side note, I'm gonna tell you that 
millionaires, there are self-made millionaires out there. You can be a millionaire if you put in the work, if you put in that mindset. You can be a millionaire. I can be a millionaire. I believe in that. And so, and what that does to me is it gives me security that I know one day I will be. Um, and I'm, I'm focused on that. Yeah. So I feel good. Yeah. I feel good. And that is sexy. Because <laughs> you're doing the work to get there, which is great. She actually is. She has a financial plan. She's strategizing and she's building on that. And she's just not somebody who's saying, I, I want to be a millionaire or I'm going to be a millionaire. She's doing the work to actually get to that point as am I. And that's what, like you said, security for me goes back to number four, which is the protecting your legacy. It's good to know that there's a, a safety net or backup plan. Um, and it's also good to know when you have security, you, you don't feel the stress of the, what ifs, what if something happens? And, um, I have a, I have a thing I used to say way back in the day. And I know I wasn't the only person that said it, but a lot of people would say it and they'd say, uh, I don't have gas money just to go to your house or just to go pick you up and drive you somewhere. And I remember thinking, I got, I don't like that. I don't like the fact that I don't have gas money to go help somebody. And I was like, I want to get as far away as possible from the whole, I don't have gas money excuse, you know, really is an excuse because it's poor, poor financial planning. And, um, and so years later, I haven't said it for years. In fact, I remember when I stopped saying it, yeah, sure. I didn't have gas money, but I stopped saying that I stopped saying it. And instead of saying, I don't have gas money, I started saying either no, with no explanation. Like I just, no, I can't no, you know, (laughs) or I'd say, let me figure it out. And then I'd figure it out. But just by ch- deleting that, that, that statement, I don't have gas money alone. That small one in my life was a big impact on where I am today. I mean, all of this, everything we're doing is, is work that I've done to get me, get me where I am today. And now when I hear it from people that I've known for years, I'm like, are you seriously say- still saying that? No, honey. No, that's a block right there. That's a block of your abundance right there. Boom. Stop saying that. Stop it. And people are like, people are like, oh, but I really don't have it. I know you don't have it, but I don't need (laughs) to hear that. The world doesn't need to hear that. You're putting that repellent out into the world, like change how you're wording it and watch your gas money start flowing in, you know, (laughs) because the security of having gas money, the security of having your bills paid, the security of just knowing you don't even got to worry about it is so freeing. It's so sexy. And I want you all to feel that. But the only way you're going to feel that is by doing the work and changing the mindset and changing your relationship with money and building your wealth. I, so I did this program back in 2021. I just want to give a shout out. I know this is a little early for our shout outs, but I, I want to shout out Tasha Chen. And I absolutely loved her program. I love her program because it changed the way I looked at money. It changed my relationship with money. Um, and that was just 2021. Okay. So ever since then, um, I know Helen and I have just been like hungry to learn more about money and just the way that it affects us, the way that it um, 
moves us and moves our, you know, relationships, everything, everything about money. We are just like obsessed. Okay. Um, but we've changed that mindset, you know, just like Helen, um, I've, I've changed that mindset. Um, hence the reason like Tasha Chen taught me, I am a money magnet. I am a money magnet. And she also taught me, um, when I see a penny, so every time I see a penny, I get excited because guess what? That's money. That penny is money. So every time I see it on the floor, I'm like, I made a million dollars. <laughs> so that penny is a million. That dime is 10 million. It's a different kind of feeling. And it does give you security knowing that it's it, it, you're, the money is there. Okay. Money is there and money is abundant. I want to say something about that money magnet, because there's a lot of people out there trying to manifest money saying that, that I am a ma- money magnet. Have you ever gotten a magnet and it's like dusty and you try to stick it on your fridge and it just keeps falling off? That's what you are when you say I'm a money magnet, but at the same time, your vibration, your beliefs, that old programming is still in you to repel abundance. You're that magnet that you keep trying to stick on the fridge and it's not sticking or it keeps falling off or it sticks for a little bit. And I'm saying this because I want you to really understand that you can say I'm a money magnet all you want. But you've got to change your ways. You got to change your beliefs. You got to change the programming. And you can you can do this. I want you to know it's possible because there are a lot of people who say I'm a money money magnet, and they are hands down, big ups to you. But those of you who are saying it and you're just not getting anywhere, I feel you. I know it. I know because I used to be that money magnet that would just stick and then fall off the fridge all the time. And I'm saying this because I love you and I want you to succeed because there's work to be done and you can do this. I love that you said that because you're right there. There are people who say I'm a money magnet and it just, it, they're not feeling it. You know why you're not feeling it? Here's why you have fear. Your, your fear is taking over. So even though you may say it deep down, you have that fear that no, it's not going to happen. You're, you, you're, it's something, something inside of you is blocking you from really, truly believing I am a money magnet. It really is blocking you. So, okay. Number five. Oh, Sha, number 10. <laughs> um, here's the, here's why I keep saying like this weird number. <laughs> Ellen has her top five. I got my top five. So I'm just, anyway, number 10. <laughs> number 10. <laughs> Okay, 10, personal worth. So top sizey thing is personal worth in terms of money. And Helen mentioned it earlier. She bought her BCBG heels, all right? And that made her feel amazing just by wearing it. And she's right. You know, when when you are able to buy the things that you want to buy, it changes your being, it changes your inner core and your confidence of like, oh crap, I can do this. Like I look fucking amazing. Like I can't, like, this is great because you're able to buy whatever the hell you want to buy. Okay. So when you have money and money is just flowing, okay. In all the right directions, save, invest and share and it's flowing in that way. Right. Then your personal worth is like, it's just booming. Like your the confidence is building. So the more that you make money, the more confidence 
confident you will feel. What about you, Helen? What, what is your take on this? So personal worth, the first thing I actually thought of was net worth. And I remember when I was a kid, I was like, what does net worth mean? You know, and am I worth anything? Sure. I'm worth more than a million dollars. Right. However, what are your assets? What are your assets? And I started thinking about this a couple of years ago. What are my assets? If something were to happen, what can I give back to my son? And I actually thought about that story you told earlier, January, about the, the parents who left behind debt instead of assets, instead of something that was valuable and could be worth money or, or worth something good to that, to those kids. And I just thought, okay, personal worth is the opposite of leaving your children debt <laughs> or leaving anybody debt for that. You can actually leave it, leave it to your siblings or even your parents, you know, if you, if they outlive you. Uh, so personal worth is along lines of assets and net worth to me. And it's really sexy when you can say, I've got assets, I have equity, I have personal and valuable net worth in my life. And it kind of basically wraps up all the 10 in one big bow because you, you've done well, you've done good, you've done the work and you've got some, you've got a gift. You've got a gift for not just yourself, but for those people that you love. Woo. I love that we're talking about, you know, 10 sexy things about money. Um, but there's more, right. There's more, but these are like the top 10 that we were thinking of and the, you know, the idea of personal worth, um, here's the thing. Okay. So I believe that right now mental health is at its highest, like the mental health, like there's so many things that are going on in our world today. Um, that's causing so much um, inner pain, you know, for people. And I think I wish that people would use that energy, that energy to find ways to make money, because there's all sorts of ways to make money. And while that may not cure your depression, it may not cure your, you know, um, it may not cure whatever pain that you're feeling, but it sure gives you the ability to do certain things like have experiences, you know, and, and, and resources, resources for that pain, right. There's medications. There's, there's things that, I mean, going into the subject, I'm going to talk very briefly about it, but if you are somebody going through that and you, you know, don't have money, uh, there's so many people that are in pain that say, I wish I had the money to get this because this could help me. This can heal me. This this product, I just don't have the money for it. You're right, January. I'm I'm on on them on that same page. Yeah, I mean there there's ways to make money. I'm telling you, there are ways to make money. You just have to do the work and research, research it, and and find that way. Um, there's several programs out there, you know. And if you are hungry enough, and you like, I guess the question is, how badly do you want it? How badly do you want it? And how badly is this going to help you? Um, and, and yeah, go ahead. And, you know, we want to be, we want to be a resource for you. I remember when I didn't know who to turn to, who can help me understand these terminologies, who, who knew how to grow money, who knew about investments and me in January can help you. 
And I know that there's, I did a, my last podcast, I did a Minnesota on the question of what do they want from me? And I, some, I, I want to address that right now. Cause some of you are probably like, well, I want to know, but what do they want from me? Okay. That's an abundance repellent. Okay. We don't want anything from you. We want to help you. We want to uh, empower you and inspire you to grow your money. And uh, so I, I invite you to feel the fear and make moves anyways, and comment if you want us to reach out to you or just reach out to us privately. Uh, and with that, I also want to say that, you know, Helen and I are not getting paid, quote unquote. Yes, we are getting minuscule payment because it is a paid um what is it? We get residuals. Okay. So we do get some residuals. However, we're not getting paid for this. So when we do this, it really is coming from our heart and how much we love you and how much we want to like bring value to everyone because we've gotten the value um, from others. And so this is our way of paying it forward. Um, because we, she and I put in so much work in ourselves, we've invested thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars in ourselves. Um, and this is why we're doing this podcast is to, to bring that value, which it goes back to personal worth. This gives us personal worth. And we want you to have that. We want you to have that. Um, and with that said, you know, like, like we were mentioning earlier, anything is possible. Anything is possible. You just have to change your mindset. Yes. So on that note, <laughs> we're going to give out some shout outs now. We're doing this every week. Uh, so if you see our post of shout outs, shout out yourself, shout out your friends, shout out your loved ones, shout out your events, shout out your businesses. It's free advertisement. And it's also making somebody feel special. So we're going to give out some shout outs that we got January. Or I'll read the first one here from uh, a friend of ours. January, uh, her name is uh, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel Woo! Henderson Clark in Casper, Wyoming says her shout out is for our friend BJ Largent who hasn't had the easiest life, but she never gives up. She made a goal to friend a local who's also a celebrity. She made every possible effort to reach this goal. And I woke up this morning to a picture of her with her new friend, who's also a celebrity. She's always good for a laugh, a card, and she celebrates me, which feels great. Today, I want to celebrate BJ Largent. So shout out BJ Largent from Casper. Hi, BJ. Aloha. Uh, okay, I'm going to shout out from my friend, Russell Ivera. Um, Russell, I, thank you for posting this. He wants a shout out to all the Topole elementary school teachers for another great school year. <laughs> and I do know a couple from there. So it's Russell and Carrie. So Carrie, i young thinking of you. Shout out to you. So great job, everyone. Also, one more shout out uh, to Jacqueline Phillips in Phoenix, Arizona, or I believe Arizona. <laughs> so she says, I could use a shout out. So I'm shouting out you, Queen Jacqueline Phillips. She's in the, uh, she, she's actually a friend of mine way back when. And I just want to say, I see you, Queen. I see the, the magic that you're doing. She's an uh, excellent photographer. So Jacqueline Phillips, this shout out is for you. Uh love these shout outs. So if you have a shout out, um, please post it on our wall. We would love to share it on our podcast. FYI, our podcast is being shared, not just on Spotify, iTunes, 
YouTube, but there's actually several other platforms, iHeartRadio. Um, but when you Google sexy freedom media podcast, you will have a load of list of, of where we are located. So an audible, uh, so you can find us anywhere. So please send us a shout out. We would love to share that on our podcast. Yes. On that note, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, again, if you felt any inspiration or empowerment from this, please share with your friends. Give us a five-star rating on Spotify or go on iTunes and leave us a written review and then tag us in your Instagram stories. And we'd love to share those. You can also give us a review on our Facebook page, Sexy Freedom Media, or join our face, our other Facebook group page, Sexy Successful and Soul Fed or VIP Builders, right? VIP that is correct, VIP Builders, or you can find me JanuaryLiddell.com or LinkedIn, January Liddell. Very easy to find us. Helen, where else can we find you? You can find me on Hell of a Journey on Instagram uh, or Facebook, <laughs> Sexy Freedom Media, or you can go get my book, not or, and go get my book, Nothing Sexier Than Freedom, which is available on Amazon and Audible. So thanks again, everybody, for watching and have an amazing week. it. Aloha. Want to hear more? Duh. Visit us at sexyfreedommedia.com.